0: All right, y'all, I'm going to be honest. I cannot stop thinking about Cozy, which is some of the most thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living that I've ever seen. And we have talked about Cozy's beautiful products before, but I really want to harp on the Cozy experience itself. Because not only is the delivery fast and free, with high-quality products at a fair price. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com to start customizing your furniture today. That's C-O-Z-E-Y dot com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. I know I do. But I think it's equally as important to know what you'd do with that time, if you had it. But learning how to prioritize what's important to me didn't come naturally. It's taken a lot of wonderful, loving people, including a couple of really great therapists to get me there. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do believe the world would be so much better if everyone had access to a good therapist that did the right thing for them. But until we get to my perfect utopia, I will never stop searching for ways to make self-help and therapy and life improvement more accessible. Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. I recently finished the audio copy of Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, who you may know from Eat, Pray, Love fame. And if I'm honest, I read that book in college and I was not a fan. Maybe it's because I didn't really relate to her in that book, but because of it, I did find myself avoiding content from her until recently when my algorithm started offering me more insightful thoughts from her interviewing about her new book. That book is called Big Magic, and if you have not read it, I highly suggest borrowing it from the library or checking it out. It is a fairly short and beautifully easy read about creative living, and as is always the case with self-help books, I of course have a few notes, but overall that book was really lovely and it made me think a lot, and I don't know what else you could ask for from a book. Plus, I found myself talking about it a bunch, and it seems like one I'll return to over the years, because it's all about the ebb and flow of the creative spark, and learning how to realign with it. Which, as a creative pursuing that lifestyle, it is a necessary part of the creative process once in a while. And this book doesn't define creativity as pursuing a life that is exclusively or professionally devoted to the arts, rather, it's written kind of like a manual with a universal aspiration of providing lessons to how to unleash your creativity. I like to share my quotes from the book because why try to fix what an author already created? And here are some of my favorites. On fear, she says, if you pass your hand over a petri dish containing a tadpole, the tadpole will flinch beneath your shadow. This tadpole cannot write poetry, and it cannot sing, and it will never know love or jealousy or triumph. And it has the brain the size of a punctuation mark, but it damn sure knows how to be afraid of the unknown. Well, so do I. So do we all. But there is nothing particularly compelling about that. There's no extra credit for being afraid of the unknown. Fear is a deeply ancient instinct. Evolutionarily vital. But it ain't especially smart. She also talks about treating your creativity like a mistress and actually being passionate about it and making time for it. Even if you're available 15 minutes a day or a week, show up and get dressed and shower and put on perfume and seduce the concept of creativity. She also talks about steering away from the concept of perfectionism. She says... I think perfectionism is just fear and fancy shoes and a mink coat, pretending to be elegant when actually it's just terrified. Because underneath that shiny veneer, perfectionism is nothing more than a deep existential angst that says again and again, I am not good enough and I will never be good enough. She goes on to say, perfectionism is a particularly evil lure for women who, I believe, hold themselves to an even higher standard of performance than men do. There are many reasons why women's voices and visions are not more widely represented today in creative fields. Some of that exclusion is due to regular old misogyny, but it's also true that all too often women are the ones holding themselves back from participating in the first place holding back their ideas, holding back their contributions, holding back their leadership and talents. Too many women still seem to believe that they are not allowed to put themselves forward at all, until both they and their work are perfect and beyond criticism. Meanwhile, putting forth work that is far from perfect rarely stops men from participating in the global cultural conversation. Just say And I don't say this as a criticism of men, by the way. I like that feature in men. Their absurd overconfidence, the way they will casually decide, well, I'm 41% qualified for this task, so give me the job. Yes, sometimes the results are ridiculous and disastrous, but sometimes, strangely enough, it works. A man who seems not ready for the task, not good enough for the task, somehow grows immediately into his potential through the wild leap of faith itself. I only wish more women would risk the same kinds of wild leaps. But I've watched too many women do the opposite. I've watched far too many brilliant and gifted female creators say, I am 99.8% qualified for this task, but until I master that last smidgen of ability, I will hold myself back just to be on the safe side. Now, I cannot imagine where women ever got the idea that they must be perfect in order to be loved or successful. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Just kidding. I can totally imagine we got it from every single message society has ever sent us. Thanks, all of human history. But we women must break this habit in ourselves, and we are the only ones who can break it. We must understand that the drive for perfectionism is a corrosive waste of time, because nothing is ever beyond criticism. No matter how many hours you spent attempting to render something flawless, somebody will always be able to find fault with it. There are people out there who still consider Beethoven's symphonies a little bit too, you know, loud. At some point, you really have to finish your work and release it as is, if only so that you can go to make other things with a glad and determined heart, which is the entire point, or should be. Honestly, I really did love this book, and I have a couple more quotes, which I'll share with you tomorrow. But in the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll talk to you then while you make your damn bed. I love you so much, cutie.